Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trana. Thank you so much for listening, downloading. Appreciate it. On today's show, we've got two sports media reporters on separately. First up, from the Washington Post, sports media reporter Ben Strauss will talk about uh, a variety of sports media topics, the Masters and CBS's coverage, ratings, uh, TNT with Charles Barkley uh, inviting LeBron on the great inside the NBA. We get into the whole streaming thing, DAZN and ESPN Plus and what's going on there. Deadspin and uh, Ben wrote a feature on Deadspin back in February. And we talk about their evolution and sort of the Deadspin versus Barstool thing. So we do all that with Ben Strauss and then following Ben for all my New Yorkers and fellow uh WFAN historians and the Mike Francesa fans out there, Andrew Marshan, a regular on this podcast from the New York Post, joins us and gets into the whole Francesa-Michael K. ratings war and their fight and a whole bunch of other things. So it'll be Ben Strauss and then Andrew Marshan. Let me just tell you before we start, in the archives from last week, the podcast was Ray Ratto, a writer from the Bay Area who was phenomenal in talking about the sports media business. If anyone is in sports media, I urge you to listen to that. And Lauren Shahadi and Robert Flores from the MLB Network, Ron. So check that out. One non-podcast note I need to tell you about because it's important. Game of Thrones returned this week. I know many of you listen. Chris Long from the Eagles, two-time Super Bowl champion and one of the best people to follow on Twitter, is writing weekly recaps slash columns on Game of Thrones every Monday on SI.com. His first column went up this week after the Game of Thrones return, episode one, season eight. So Google, SI.com, whatever, Chris Long, Game of Thrones. Make sure you read it and check it out because uh, it's a big deal and we're happy about that around here at SI.com. All right, now back to the podcast business. Ben Strauss and Andrew Marshan back to back. Here we go with Ben Strauss. All right, joining me now is sports media reporter for the Washington Post, Ben Strauss. Ben, how are you? I'm great, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Figured we'd do some sports media chat here. With uh, It was a big week for sports media. Obviously, the biggest story was the Masters, not only because Tiger finally won a, ma- uh, a major, but CBS had uh, an interesting weekend with the coverage because of weather and then of course the ratings um 
One thing I found, I, I found interesting, let's start here. They, CBS, I think it was today on Tuesday, they said they had 10.8 million viewers uh, on television for the original telecast, 4.5 million viewers for the Encore, which is pretty impressive. For So that's 15.3 million total. I find it, you know, in this day and age, it's crazy to me that they don't include the streaming numbers still because... I have a feeling if you add in those streaming numbers, they're going to be monstrous for that tournament, it's, considering it was on the weekend and then you had the Sunday morning aspect of it. What do, what do you say about the uh, number there for the Masters? Yeah, I mean, it was sort of this transcendent event. And when the uh, schedule came out and they're going to you know, tee off at 7.30 in the morning, you go, who's going to be awake watching that at 7.30? And then, you know, Tiger has this incredible run and by... 2 o'clock, 2.15, 2.30, you know, the, the broadcast is peaking with, you know, a 12 rating, which is better than last year's uh, peak, even though it was in, the, in prime time. And yeah. so it was, I think it sort of swung from, you know, what could have been, you know, a really tough day ratings-wise to, you know, this incredible, you know, great story that CBS gets to tell. And obviously, you know, Tiger, Tiger doesn't move the needle in golf. He is the needle. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think even, even better than yesterday, right, if you're in the golf business, um, you know, CBS didn't make money yesterday just because, you know, Tiger uh, had this run. You're not selling ads on Saturday night knowing that Tiger's in contention. But next year when, you know, you get to sell these Masters ads, you, you know, bake in the price with Tiger Woods back in contention. So if you're... If you're a network in the ball business, this was a this was a big day. Do you think Do you think this helps the ratings for the upcoming tournaments this year? The U.S. Open uh, comes up in May. Do you think they get a bump from this, or is it you know wipe the slate clean and you have to see you know if Tiger's in contention you know on on Saturday Sunday? Yeah, I think they start you know whatever the baseline is on Thursday. People watching Tiger, I think they start higher, and then if he's in contention, they they keep going up, but but no, I think if he you know if he doesn't make the cut somewhere, um, you know the Tiger bump is gone. So I, I think it sort of rises and falls with Tiger. But you know you get to start in a higher place just because he's you know the biggest story in golf again. Yeah, I I can't I I'm I'm sure ESP, uh, ESPN I'm sure CBS will send a release sometime soon with the streaming numbers. I'm very curious to see those streaming numbers. I think I think they're going to be huge. Yeah, I I think you're right though. I think that. It would be great if there was some sort of metric that, you know, did that sooner and did that faster um, rather than having to wait for it. Because I think, you know, sports media and media consumption has evolved, you know, pretty dramatically. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's pretty incomplete until you get that full number with, with the streaming numbers and, and um, just the, the number of people that, you know, aren't watching on linear TV anymore. That's That's sort of... You know the whole—it's not the whole ball game, but it's—it's it's enough of the ball game that you just don't have a complete picture of, you know, how many people watch something until you get those numbers too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of streaming, you recently for the Washington Post wrote a story, a feature story on Adnan Verk, who everyone knows was fired by ESPN, and now he's at DAZN, um, doing their baseball show. It. it might be a tough question for you since you wrote the story about Verk, but it's it's amazing to me it's amazing for me to see how much coverage the Verk thing got and and how much coverage DAZN gets for a, a streaming service that's $20 a month I know they have the boxing, I know John Skipper's there um, but is, what else is and they have this nightly baseball show what is ultimately the game plan though for DAZN I mean boxing and a nightly MLB show is not going to cut it for 20 bucks a month and ESPN, obviously, with their app, they have the big UFC deal now, and they have soccer on there and a bunch of other things. Um, but I'm curious, since you wrote about Verk and DAZN, what, what's the ultimate game plan there for DAZN? So I don't think there's any question as you sit here today, you know, $4.99 a month for ESPN Plus or 20 bucks a month for DAZN, which, you know, bang for your buck is a better option. Um, <laughs> I think the zone is interesting. I mean, obviously the answer is ESPN Plus for you know the the amount of stuff that you get. I think the zone is interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, you do have John Skipper 
um, you know, former ESPN head. He's a guy who uh, understands press, knows how to get press. Um, and people are interested in his story, sort of this comeback story, um, you know, sort of left ESPN in disgrace and, and, and sort of what is his next chapter since he was such a giant in the sports media, you know, industry for so long. So mm-hmm. there's interest sort of in him personally. But zone. I think uh, carries um, a lot of curiosity because it is backed by this Russian billionaire named Len Blavatnik, right? And so you have hmm. different companies that are entering the streaming space, Flow Sports, you know, DAZN, um, you know, Bleacher Report is with Turner is entering in. But DAZN totally reset the market on boxing, right? They paid GGG, they paid Canelo uh, Alvarez wildly more money uh, than they were getting. And so they were able to reset the market in a way that, you know, people open their eyes and goes, whoa, um, they threw 300 free million dollars at Major League Baseball for this, you know, red zone-esque experiment uh, that is essentially a proving ground to these other networks, or I'm sorry, to these other leagues uh, as their rights come up. Um, you think about Sunday Ticket uh, and DirecTV might be up, or you think about, you know, maybe there's a red zone option for the NBA or the NHL, um, but really with the amount of money that is behind DAZN and also their um, success, right, they're big in Japan, they're big in Germany, they've sort of, they're not like a startup, even though we haven't heard about them in the United States. So um, I think the combination of sort of the, the track record that they have and just the amount of money that they can spend and have spent uh, makes them somebody that, that people in sports media are paying attention to. I just don't understand the mindset of someone who would pay the $20. I mean, like you said, ESPN's app is four ninety nine a month. They're giving you everything on that app. They're giving you shows. I know Katie Nolan has a show on there, and they do a couple of other things. Then they've got, they've got games. They've got live games with the soccer, UFC. If you're a UFC fan, you have to have the ESPN app. Um, they're going to put college football. College, they had that deal recently with the Big 12. I don't. I would love to. I, I may, maybe I should interview someone who subscribes to who has the Zone app instead of you. But like, what what are you paying twenty dollars a month for? I just don't get it. Yeah, I think. I mean, I I don't think. I think if Zone can't build their library, and if you know this MLB show doesn't lead to more content with other leagues, more deals, then they won't go very far. Um, but why are you gonna... I think you're sort of looking at the the future of what this could be. Um, you know, rather than like, what kind of value are you getting for twenty bucks? I don't, yeah. I don't think it's it's particularly good value for twenty bucks. I give ESPN you know, here today. Yeah, I give ESPN a lot of credit for keeping their app. At, I mean, listen, it'll go up eventually, but four ninety nine is more than a fair price for for what they give. I think. Right, and and I guess it, it'll probably be folded into Disney. Yes, the, the Disney Plus app, and that's what like six ninety nine. Um, so at least today, or, or when that goes on the market in November, that is. That's a pretty good bang for your buck. Yeah, that that price was also surprising. Uh, Disney's giving you a lot of stuff there for six ninety nine. It's amazing this streaming world just keeps going and going and going. I don't know why, <laughs> but I mean, at some point they're going to have to raise their prices because right, they're not projected to make any money. YouTube TV doesn't make any money, so they just raised their prices. Direct TV now wasn't making any money; they had to raise their prices, and so the economics of it, you know, are you know seems somewhat opaque to me. Um, and, you know, you sort of sort of imagine, you know, the great rebundling will come at some point where well, that, somebody goes, well, I don't want to pay $6 for this, $15 for this, $20 for this. It adds up and it's more than my cable bill that I had for all those years that I tried to get out of. This is like one of my rants that I keep going on lately. I just, I, you know, at some point, it has, something has to give. They, these companies worry about making money and raising prices. But what about the consumers? At some point, aren't you going to say, I have way too many subscriptions going on? I, just keeps you know if ESPN gets folded into Disney you have to have that app then if you're a sports right. fan there's no choice about it um, you know I think you may end up getting close to a point where you have to have the Bleacher Report app if you're especially if you're a soccer fan I don't think yeah so if you want to watch the Champions League yeah, yeah I'm like the only millennial that misses <laughs> my cable bundle I uh, I'm like one of the older people at SI and probably like I don't know like for SI.com I'm probably like the first the oldest the second oldest and I, I talk about watching cable and they look at me like I'm a complete alien, but I don't know. I like cable. I like my remote control. I like my TV. Sorry, I'm not changing. But I mean, listen, I have, you know, Netflix. I have Prime. I have WWE Network. It's a, it's, I'm not opposed to, sh- but it 
you can't you can't have it all, can you? I mean, my God, it's so much out there. And how much does it cost, right? At some right. point, well, that's the none issue. of it is cost effective, right? Because cutting the cord was, you know, at its core about saving money. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how far we are from, you know, saving money when you want to watch all this stuff anyway. And it's still hard. How I much think... money are you saving and you're getting a whole lot less than you used to get? Exactly. Exactly. Um, speaking of ESPN, I've, I've noticed the last couple of days here, they, they've been doing a little bit more with Peyton Manning. He has that. He, they, speaking <laughs> of ESPN Plus, he has that show there. I, I get the vibe that, you know, it's all a big work to get him on the Monday Night Football because um, they also have said uh, they don't have an announced team yet. I think they said that recently because the schedules are coming out or something like that. But um, what Peyton and ESPN, do we expect something there? Do you, I mean, obviously no one knows what's in Peyton's mind, but it, it it does seem like ESPN is working hard. Yeah, I think that's true. I think I think that there was sort of the conventional wisdom was that ESPN was going to make a pretty hard run at Peyton Manning and he was going to say no. Um, but if you're ESPN, I think you sort of have to make a hard run at him right. um, because they're li- they're in a little bit of a tough spot, right? I think the Witten thing, you know, obviously the ratings were fine, but I I I, I think that the criticism that Witten took and sort of you know how difficult he ta- uh, a time he had in that booth, um, you know, reflected pretty poorly on a network that really cares what people think and when sort of consider, considers itself really the, you know, the sports leader, the worldwide leader in sports. And I also think that Witten was one of the first decisions that, that Jimmy Patero signed off on. Uh, so I think there's some personal responsibility that he feels in, in getting this next, next hire right. And this is the booth that they put together that they're going to the NFL with and, you know, in conjunction with ABC and saying, we want a Super Bowl. And so I, I think that, that there's some pressure on them to get it right. And, and Manning sort of solves a lot of their problems. The, the question is, does he want to do it? And, and how much money do you have to pay him? I think ESPN would pay him whatever it took. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't know where they go if he says no. And, you know, more likely than not when he says no. The, the announcement today or yesterday was uh, Peyton's going to produce and star in a 30-episode show about the NFL's 100 years of history, and it's a show exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. That, that, you know, Peyton's committing to 30 shows with ESPN just as, just as an observer, not as a media reporter, <laughs> but just as, like, the sports fan in me. Like, I see that, and I'm going, he's going to Monday Night Football. You think? I, I yeah. I think uh, that's like a step towards getting him there. Just, I don't know that. It's not a reporting thing. Is it's that like, a, you know, when hunch. the White Sox signed all of Manny Machado's friends and family <laughs> well, in an effort to, to get him to, yeah. uh, to the South Side? And then he said, yeah. no, I don't know. I think, I think Peyton Manning would be fantastic. Uh, I, think, I think he'd be really good at the job. I do think that Tony Romo has sort of raised the bar on what is expected in that job, too. Right. right. Um, I think Manning would walk into it and, you know, like Witten, sort of fairly or unfairly, he'd be immediately compared to Tony Romo, which would be tough. Yeah. Um, but I, I, think, I think ESPN wants him, and I think he would clearly be the best option if they can convince him to do it. I, I, I want to change gears here and shift for a little. Um, I think the best media story right now, I'm, I'm very into this, is the... Um, is Charles Barkley repeatedly inviting LeBron James to do <laughs> inside the NBA one night. And LeBron uh, basically gave us a little tease on Monday by tweeting that he would consider it. Uh, obviously, listen, that's the best studio show there is. Probably, you know, I, I'm partial to NFL primetime as an all-time studio show. But if inside yeah. the NBA is the greatest, I wouldn't argue with you if that was your opinion. Uh, I, I think it would be phenomenal to get LeBron on there, considering Charles has not always been so nice to uh, – to LeBron, but I, I think uh, LeBron on Inside the NBA with Chuck and Shaq and Kenny and uh, Ernie Johnson would be phenomenal TV. 
I uh, I do not have a, a counter take to that. I agree a hundred percent. I don't I don't see how anybody in the world who's ever watched sports television could disagree with yeah. that. It, LeBron a- is so good when he wants to be. Barkley Barkley might be the most valuable you know sports media TV personality in sports. Hmm. Yeah, might be. Um, and it would be great TV. You know, it would be must-watch. It's funny because it, it. I feel like, tell me if you agree or disagree, I feel like TNT, Turner, Charles can do whatever he wants. Outside of maybe saying something just completely off the rails, that would be, you know, whatever. Maybe something totally outlandish. But for the most part, Charles can do whatever he wants. And the result pays off because this show is phenomenal. It's amazing to me that more networks don't let their talent give their talent that leeway to be cra- I mean he's out there saying wild stuff every night it's hysterical and people love it you think other networks would pick up on it and you know not really try to rein people in but uh it doesn't you know it, it, everything out there is a lot of cookie cutter stuff this is not and that's why it's successful yeah, I, I was talking to somebody who couldn't, it was Barkley, I don't think it was, it wasn't on TNT, but he went on a radio show and said, you know, he could beat any woman in any sport. Um, not, like, within the last few weeks, like, during the NCAA tournament, I think. Right. And, you know, somebody said to me, if that had been anybody else, you know, people would have been calling for a suspension. Yep. Um, but not Barkley, and it's, I mean, it's the same in politics, it's, it's, there's like a level of authenticity. If people think they're getting authenticity, the, you know, the leash that people will give you, the, the space to sort of say outlandish things is, is immense. Um, exactly. And Barkley takes advantage of it and, and sort of delivers that authenticity better than anybody. It's amazing more networks don't understand that and let their people... I think know. it's hard though, right? Like it's not, it's not that easy as the talent to, to be able to get away with it, you know? Right. But the, right. The talent has to want the talent has to be prepared that they're going to take some heat if they say something crazy. But the, I mean, I think that's the benefit of Charles not being on Twitter. He doesn't have to deal with that. He can, if Charles was on Twitter, he probably wouldn't say <laughs> half the stuff he said. That's true. Every time I go to send a tweet, I'm like terrified. It's a bad <laughs> tweet. Right. Well, Charles just doesn't care either. I mean, that's a big factor in it as well. Right. And, and I just wonder, I wonder how many people don't care that much and sort of, right? It's, yeah. it's like this double-edged sword. In order to be that authentic, you have to not care. Yeah. Well, I remember, I think Romo this year, didn't he say, he said someone was pissed off during a game and people on Twitter were complaining about that. And I was just like, oh God, please CBS, don't do the fake apology. Just let it go. I don't think they did. I give him credit. But, you know. You can't pay attention to what people on Twitter are saying when you're calling a game or doing a studio show. You just can't. Or living. Yeah, exactly. A, well, what's the, I mean, that's a whole other, other <laughs> topic. Um, the, uh, but LeBron would be in a tough spot only because, you know, if he goes on there, he's going to get asked about the coach and the GM and his role in picking it, and he's not going to want to answer that, so I hope that doesn't right. stop him from doing it. But if they can get through that, I think he'd be great on that show for the little one-time uh, offer. I mean, it would be great for fans. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about you a little bit. So you are the, uh, like I said, the media reporter for the Washington Post, who the Washington Post obviously does a phenomenal job with everything they cover. Um, I'm just curious. I, I've looked at the features you've written. You recently uh, did one on Deadspin, and I, I want to get into that. How do you pick your topics? What do you do? You pick your topics. Do you have an editor? How do you come about on uh, what you're writing? Um, yeah, I, 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 we 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 bounce ideas around. Um, I get assignments from editors. Um, my editor here is uh, Dan Steinberg, who's, uh, who's ah. a ton of fun to write for. Because he's a former, um, former writer, uh, yeah. blogger, and yep. columnist here, uh, so we kick around ideas. You know, I have my own ideas. You know, I get stories turned down all the time. Um, give me, give me but, a story. Give me a story that you wanted to write that got turned down, like that you really wanted to write. Uh, I don't know if there's any that I really wanted to write. Um, there was one. I mean, and maybe they get turned down for a good reason. I think at some point I wanted to do a story about how, like, hockey PR, like, you know, 
I think this is, you know, sometimes the athletic is a little bit of a controversial operation. There's, you know, there's sports editors who are not big fans of it at newspapers that have been poached and everything. Right. Um, and I wanted to do a story that, you know, the, the one section of sports society that loves the athletic more than anybody was, is uh, NHL PR department <laughs> because the athletic covers yes. the NHL. Yes. Uh, even when nobody else does. Um, so I don't know. That was, that was one. So they're, they're not always like great ideas, but um, no, I that think that, that, I mean, that did not get yeah. greenlit. It's an, in, it's an inside media story for sure, but it's, it's valid. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, but no, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it seems, um, you know, it's not like the most insightful thing, but it's like, you know, what do you, what's, what is, what's going on that, you know, you would like to talk to somebody about, or what, what's going on that you would like to learn more about yourself. And then you sort of hope that readers and other people, you know, are interested, or you can tell the story in some way that, that interests other people. Um, Sports media, I guess you probably run into this too. Like sports media is interesting because, you know, like I'll go out with my wife somewhere and somebody will be like, what are you working on? And I'll say, you know, well, did you hear about Adnan Verk? And people (laughs) will look at me, you know, like I have three heads. Like, of course they haven't heard of it. Of course they like have never heard of DAZN or they've never heard of Stadium. So it's like the people that it matters to, it like really matters to. And then it's a little bit harder to get uh, a wider audience interested in like the minutia of sports media. Yeah, I think one of the things that's happened over the years, and it's it's definitely sort of the way it is now, is if you cover sports media, there's sort of two facets to it. There's the announcers, broadcasters, game reviews, ratings, that stuff. And then there's the business side of it with all this, like we talked about earlier, with the streaming and the apps and even just going through um, things you had recently written. You wrote something about stadium and... Uh, the business aspect of it is not, I prefer the other part of it, the announcers and the, and the broadcast and the telecast, Mm -hmm. the business is not sort of my thing. Um, but you sort of have to know both in this day and age. Do you, do you have a preference on which one you like to cover more or write about more? Yeah, I think, I think, um, I sort of, I mean, I enjoyed, you know, profiles of people, um, and sort of the, you know, the, the personalities that are driving the business, whether they're in the booth or whether they're executives or whether they're, um, you know, just journalists. Uh, I guess in terms of the broadcast, I, I, think, I think for me and what I'm really interested in is sort of how we're going to watch sports in the future. Right. And I think the real growth of sports as a business has been fueled by television money. Um, and as you know, the television business changes and the media business changes. This is, you know, tectonic shift for how the sports end up operating. Yep, um, and so I think, I sort of think of the media beat as sort of this business beat, but also this tech beat um, in addition to sort of, you know, who's good on TV and, and who can you profile. And I think that's sort of what right. makes it so fun. Yeah, the tech stuff has exploded, obviously. And then you factor in the legalized gambling and how that's going to affect that. And that's a huge part of the business now, too. I don't think it's as, I, I think it's a little bit overrated in terms of people thinking that all these new gamblers were going to be born. Um, I never expected that. But in terms of programming and, you know, ESPN now has their gambling show and, uh, that's an area that's just going to keep growing, growing, and growing. Yeah. Do you think, I guess, do you think that like gamblers are going to tune into ESPN to get their gambling info or I sort of wonder about that. I I, think that people like the action network sort of have it figured out where sort of like the hardcore gamblers are the ones that you're going to be able to make money off of. Yeah. I mean, I do think that, um, if you're a hardcore gambler, I think most of your stuff's coming from the internet. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I, I've seen ESPN's gambling show. I like it a lot. Uh, I think I don't love the format. I think they jump around a little too much. I like it. Like I love the segments to be like, okay, here's our NBA, here's our MLB. They go, yeah. it, but it's a good show that gives you. I don't. If you're a hardcore gambler, you don't want someone telling you who to bet. You just want some information, and they give you information. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I like it from that standpoint. Um, I also sort of wonder, like. You know, if you if sort of gambling evolves, I think we're going to get to the point where most gambling is 
you know, done from inning to inning or batter to batter. You know, I can go on my phone and bet five bucks on whether, you know, the batter I'm watching on TV is going to get a hit or not. Right. And so I wonder what that does to sort of bigger networks and larger sports media entities, you know, how they cover gambling when a lot of the betting, you know, is quicker and, and more advanced than, you know, what we're seeing today. Yeah. I don't, the, I don't think the media has a grasp on how to cover it yet. I think it's still evolving. Um, I mentioned back in February, you wrote a, a big feature on Deadspin and how they've changed over the years. Um, I'm curious, w- w- were you surprised about anything in terms, did you learn anything in terms of what your impression of Deadspin was and then reporting that story, what you think of it now? And Because obviously it's completely different than what it used to be. I mean, there's been different... Um, sort of evolutions of it where it started with Will Leach and then it was A.J. Delorio and now we have the regime that's there now. What was your big takeaway from reporting on Deadspin? Um, that's a good question. Um, I guess I think that, I think that he's sort of focused on like the difference between like Deadspin, you know, circa like 2007, 2008, 2009 and yeah. Deadspin today. Because I think Deadspin has sort of been, you know, a more progressive voice for a while now. I don't think that just happened, mm-hmm. um, you know, with Meg Greenwell. And so I think it, it's sort of the difference between, you know, the site that, you know, made its name and made its bones, you know, publishing, you know, pictures of athletes behaving badly and, um, you know, Brett Favre dick pics and stuff like right. that to, right. you know, the site and sort of the voice it is um, today. And I, I, I guess I think that, it's, I think, the, the most interesting way I think I was put it, I think the site has grown up. Um, and I think it's, you know, regardless of what you think of their content, I think it's, it's pretty crucial. Um, I think sports media is better for having, you know, when Deadspin is around and Deadspin is good. And I think they do keep a lot of people honest um, right. in sports media. Um, whether they do it righteously or self-righteously, I think is, is sort of in the eye of the beholder. But I do hope that their new ownership invests in them and that they do uh, continue to be you know, a place that, that publishes yeah. good stuff. I think one of the interesting thing, things, too, is there seems to be this like Deadspin, Barstool Sports, um, I don't know if war is the right word, but and they're just so completely different. It's weird to me that they'd be thought of almost in the same... Yeah, like, yeah they're websites, but other than that, it's not many similarities. Yeah, I think Deadspin, I guess one way to describe Deadspin or that it was described to me is sort of they went from a place that wanted sports to be taken less seriously. Right. That was sort of, you know, an original ethos of theirs. Um, you know, and there are people now who suggest that they want, or you can, I mean, you can read their content and, and they want sports to be taken more seriously. Yeah. Um, and and Barstool has is sort of the place where they want sports to be taken not seriously right. at all. Um, well, also think it's and a, so I think that's sort of an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I also think one of the interesting one of the interesting things in the whole Barstool thing, you know, they they are called Barstool Sports, but I mean, I would say sports is probably like fifty percent of what they do. I mean, they're more of a comedy site than a sports site. I think, and at least that's how it's evolved. But I, I mean, sports is the base there, but they're far from a sports site. Yeah, I think that's true. I think I, I talked to Dave Portnoy for the piece, and I think he described them as like a sports comedy site that right. was sort of baked into how he envisions the site. Um, so I think that's totally true. So before we wrap up, I got to ask you, you're in Washington. I assume you're in Washington. I mean, I shouldn't assume that, but. Is that accurate? Yes, yeah. in D.C. Um, do you care at all about Mike Francesa? <laughs> um, I care about Mike Francesa when I read about him in Andrew Marchand's tweets. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, think, I think what's interesting about Francesa is you have this sort of guy who was like the king of sports media in the 1990s and kind of set the agenda for sports in the biggest city in the country. Um, and, and he's diminished and sort of like how that happened and why that happened and sort of what he is today versus what he was is fascinating. Yeah. yeah well, you're in luck because right after you, we have Andrew Marchand talking about Mike Francesa. So 
Nobody knows more about Francesca than Andrew Marchand. Yeah. So this podcast was made for you. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, talking about some sports media stuff. I appreciate it and uh, love to have you on again sometime. It was awesome, man. Long time listener, first time <laughs> caller. I appreciate that. Thanks. Appreciate it. Take care, Ben. See you, man. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Before we get to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, let me tell you that this episode of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast is sponsored by Lightstream. You know what feels great? Paying off high interest credit cards, getting a lower rate, and saving money. You can refinance your credit card balances and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Get a fixed rate as low as 6.14 APR with AutoPay. Get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000. There are no fees. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Plus, Lightstream is a division of SunTrust Bank, one of the nation's largest financial institutions. So you can you can have complete peace of mind when you use Lightstream. Want to save even more? My listeners get an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash SI Media. That's lightstream.com slash SI Media. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash SI Media. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash SI Media for more information. And now let's get to Andrew Marshan from the New York Post. Joining me now, how to have him on because Monday all hell broke loose in New York City over the sports talk radio wars, Mike Frances and Michael Kay. So we've got Andrew Marshan, who's in the middle of these wars at all times, from the New York Post, media columnist, media reporter, I think something else, I'm not sure, the other title, um, and frequent SI Media Podcast guest joins us right now. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. I could not think of a better person to have on today, Andrew. Um, all right. There's, there's, two, there's two things I want to sort of get into. There's the whole ratings thing, which is a big fuzzy thing. And then the aspect that fascinates me way more than this is the funhouse role in all this and <laughs> FAN's position on this. Let's start with the rating. So here's the deal for the New Yorkers out there. If you're not from New York, you probably have tuned out. I hope you're still here because it's a good media story. But quick background, Mike Francesa on WFAN. Michael Kay is on ESPN Radio in New York, local affiliate. Uh, the ratings came out Monday, yes, uh, that had Mike Michael K beating Mike Francesa five point nine to five point five in the last winter book, men twenty five to fifty four years old. Correct me if I say anything wrong here, Andrew. That number yep. is Michael K's radio show plus the streaming on the ESPN app and against Mike Francesa's radio show only. If you factor in the streaming of Mike Francesa's show and you make it radio show plus streaming against radio show plus streaming, Mike Francesa beats Michael K 6.2 to 5.9. Now, there's other things going on. Mike Michael K is on Yes, and Mike has his app for $9 a month. We don't know how many people subscribe. We know it's more than 300. And that's where we stand. Michael K took a victory lap. Mike Francesa took a victory lap for me. No dog in the fight. I, I, I've said this a million times. I've, I stopped listening to Mike long ago, and I, I'm sad at what his show has become. To me, that's a Mike Francesa victory. Now, you're going to say what, Andrew? Well, I think we'd all like it to be a clean victory one way or the other. It's much easier to write. It's much more interesting. And just people who are trying to understand it, who aren't in radio, can just say, this, this person won, this person uh, lost. What I said in my story is that Ultimately, when you look at these results, it's a virtual tie. And so that's kind of the main story is that Francesa's BK for as long as they've been going at, going at it. And for years, that was 660 versus 1050. And you couldn't hear 1050. So it wasn't much of a battle, you know, you know beyond what you think of the shows. But so when you, when you look at it, that, that's the takeaway. Now, who won exactly? That's where there is a disagreement with Kay's show and ESPN celebrating a victory and Mike saying that's totally incorrect. I won 6.2 uh, to 5.9. So 
what it comes down to is it's not really clean for either side because the reason that people like me write 25 to 54 year old males, uh, that demographic is because that's what sports radio stations, they sell their advertising against. And so the number that FAN and, and ESPN sell their number against is the original 5.9 to 5.55 number. So that historically is why we use that number. That said, I think it's a fair point to say, well, well, they're counting streaming. We're not counting streaming if you're FAN. You should add that in. Mike knows is ahead 6.2 to 5.9. Now you're saying who's more popular. So then we're changing what we're kind of going on. We're not doing the historical advertising thing, which is an industry standard of what it's been. Right. And we're saying, well, we should count the streaming. That makes sense. But then you get into a slippery slope. So if you're going to say we're not doing it by what you're selling advertising against, then should you factor in that FAN has two signals, which is significant because you have FM and AM. Mike's uh, audience skews a little bit older, which favors an AM audience. So is that the difference because he has the extra Yeah, but that's, that's that, just an excuse. That's not – the numbers are what the numbers really, are. Not really, though, we're trying to – because in the articles, you're you're trying to say which show is more popular. Like the reader, when you're no, no, reading my story, I disagree. You're not, you don't care what they're selling advertising against, nor do I. I disagree. But you're trying to say which is more popular. So wait, but, but then if you're going to say which is more popular, then shouldn't you be including yes in that? You know, because – if, you, if you're trying to say which show is more popular and Mike's app in that, in, in terms of which is more popular, I, I don't, and I get it, Mike doesn't have a TV outlet at this point, and so that's not necessarily apples to apples, so it's not clean, and so that's why what my original statement was, what the real takeaway is, it's a virtual tie, which is what 5.9 to 5.55 is, and 6.2 to 5.9 is, and here's the other factor that, let me just put in there, is that when you look at it, Nielsen does an estimate of, you know, of how they come to the rating. So it's not as if like someone's touching home plate and it counts as a run. It's an estimate of what the numbers are, and it's a little bit of an archaic system to use, even with the streaming, which you could easily count you know, physically. The stations know how much streaming they do because it's right. digital. They do it as a forecast. So when you look at it, if you really want the takeaway, the takeaway is – Nobody really won, uh, and it, it's a, basically a tie. But, you know, obviously they look at the numbers differently. ESPN put out a press release, and, and Mike said what he said about that he won. Uh, so um, that's where we stand. Okay, but here's what I would say to that. A couple of things. I agree with you that if you want to get into total audience, you should factor in yes, which Michael K is on. And you should factor in total audience in terms of radio. You're, you're, you guys always give the rating of 25 to 54. Do you have or can you get total listeners and not just 25 to 54? Yeah, you could do 12 plus, which it means that, and this is you know common with a lot of radio stations use, which is people 12 years or older, male or right. female, right. and what that audience That's is. That's what it should be judged point, on. If, it, if When you mentioned before about popularity, if you just want to go popularity, that's what it should be. Yeah. First of all, women should be included. It's absurd that they're not. The streaming should be included because it's 2019 and that's how people listen to things. And like you said, 12 and over is how it should be. And you know, even the cutoff at 54, I mean, there's plenty of people, but I would say even probably will be the majority, who listen who are over 54 to the radio these days. So I... Like you said, I yeah, agree, I agree with, you. with you. I, I, yeah. I don't. I've had this discussion with Neil Beth at Newsday, who's the other one who who mainly covers this, along with Bob Raceman um, from the Daily News. Is that um, yeah, like we could change how we. Um, I mean, we're not going to do this. I don't think I'm going to do this because this is how it's been done historically, and to change the rules, uh, it just it's going to cause more issues. You know, you know, I don't care about sides getting mad, and I got both sides. You know, actually, you know, everyone most. I heard from both sides saying I was fair, but, you know, not from all of them. <laughs> not from everybody from both sides, yeah. but, but from, from people who are important. And um, and the bottom line is uh, is that, yeah, we're, you're right. I think 12-plus is, is fair, but then, again, you still have the factor of FAN having two signals compared to yeah, you, ESPN having one. That's a way bigger so, deal to you than me. I don't think that's really a big deal. Okay. 
I don't know. Okay, just, I mean, yeah. I guess. I, yeah. You don't think it helps to have two signals where you're reaching people on two different sets of dials? Of course it helps. I mean, mm. it doesn't, I'm not saying, it, it's hard to say how much it helps, but I doubt that's a difference two, maker. Two different signals on FM and AM. That's definitely yeah. an advantage. I doubt that's a difference maker. I just, again, I think we've, we, we, we agree on, if you want to talk popularity, you got to include everybody, include yes, include Mike Streaming. But getting back to the original point, if you're just going by radio listeners, in my opinion, just my opinion, it's 2019, you have to include streaming. And if you include the streaming, more people on the radio listen to Mike Francesa than Michael K. That's my only point. Okay. But that, but again, again, it, look, I've, I've, I've talked to both sides in anticipation of this for a total of two hours last Friday um, and talked to independent people. I've called Nielsen. I've done a lot of research to try to figure out what's fair. And, you know, there's, there's good points for both sides. Uh, but I think ultimately when you come down to it, the way it's set up, it's not necessarily it's, – it's not. It's not. You can't – there's not – how they're set up – you can't really do apples to apples. There's other factors too with these ratings where we like, where you look at it and there's advantages for like, for example, in the spring, Mike's going to have the advantage of having Yankee games in the afternoon, which will draw because right. you, because of your, your, you know, your buddies, John and Susan, and also the games will draw big ratings and that will help them. And that's to me, that's fair game. That's like, you know what, if ESPN cries about that or says anything about that, that's uh you know what? FAN did the deal to get the Yankees, right. and it helped Mike, right. so he deserves those points. Right. And they also just have, as they, Mike they, just can't as, bring up when he's off. Right. Exactly. If you take days off, then you take days off. That's your problem. Right. Exactly. And also, by the way, when he took the days off and they had Evan and uh, JJ, from what I'm told, the ratings stayed the same. So uh, he didn't get hurt there. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, but you don't have to answer because I'm going to put you in a tough spot. If if you're Mike, yep. if you're Michael K. Monday, uh, would you re- would you have cake and champagne to celebrate your victory? I'd probably wait till it's a cleaner victory. Yeah. Now they look. ESPN much. is adamant. Here's the thing. <laughs> ESPN is adamant that this is they won, and this is how it should be recorded. It's always been based this way, and so uh, it has been a long time. Look, the easiest thing, and trust me, uh, either way, I would have preferred one side to win with streaming and without streaming. It's just simpler and. Uh, right, it should be clear cut. Right. This is the winners. This is what it means. This is the story. It's, and uh, so, to answer your question, in their mind, they're they're the champs. It's been a long time coming, uh, and so uh, I think they can enjoy it however they want. And quite honestly, it ended up creating more entertainment with the two sides uh, going at it even more. So, uh, so I think the yeah, cake but- and a champagne. Uh, was good and you know in terms of for, for people listening and secondly I, I heard it was a tasty cake the, the the person who put the icing on the cake should have made a done a prank and put 6.2 to 5.9 on the cake um yeah i don't know if that would have gone well yeah. as well with that audience but, i just uh, listen if you're gonna if you're espn who basically yeah. wants to spend 24 hours a day getting people to pay five dollars for an app where they can stream stuff i think you got to include streaming numbers in your radio shows and uh, to say that mike streaming numbers don't count in 2019 where everyone's listening on phones I, it's, but, then, it's, but 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 Jimmy, you're not understanding though the difference though is that but then you're saying which show is more popular? No, I'm not, not saying what, that. I'm just saying if you're going to, but if you are though, you're saying which show is more popular? No, which not show what has, is based on what they sell advertising against? Which I'm not saying you're not right. You might be right, but but no, it's no. Not, okay, so you want to say not, okay? He, it's not apples to apples, but then they have, but then FAN has two signals. So okay, I mean, is that, is that apples to apples? No, that's nonsense. The bottom line is this: as Mike <laughs> likes to say, listen. It is apples to apples. It's streaming plus radio. That's it. We're not talking about anything else. In the 25 to 54 category, streaming. I got it, but then you're saying more popular. Whatever. I didn't say more popular. Look, you keep care. saying that. I really don't. I get it. You yeah. know, Let's move on. Social media, you get it either way. But at the end of the day, um, it, on, it doesn't matter to me. It's a, let's for, move on. For me, I root for the post. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, exactly. It's good for business. That's what I said in my column on uh, Tuesday. There you go. It's all good for business. Speaking of good for business, um, once again, Mike Francesa decided to dispute something you wrote by confirming what you wrote when you said that he had a blow up in the hallways of WFAN and he basically 
confirm that he did. What can you tell me about the uh, blow up, as I think you put it, in the hallways? Yeah, temp- temper tantrum. Uh, yeah, he 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 got very boisterous at uh, the president of Entercom's regional network, uh, Susan Larkin, who's basically in theory Mike's boss, and then Mark Chernoff, a longtime uh, VP at WFAN, who's uh, pretty legendary in his own way with the, having worked on Howard Stern and Imus. Uh, and so he screamed at them, and it was over the whole Craig Carton thing. And he said on the air, you know, he, he went into further detail. He did confirm the story, which I appreciated uh, greatly um, on the air. That, But he did go into further detail that, you know, he felt like they lied to him, which I didn't have in the story, but he felt like they lied to him and that they said that uh, he was the first choice to interview Carton. Uh, and then he later found out that it was Boomer, and he was upset about a retweet that uh, that uh, the morning show had made of uh, something I tweeted out, which is a simple tweet about what Boomer said on the air um, in regards to why they weren't having Craig Carton on uh, post-sentencing. Uh, and so he was upset about that. He felt like uh, the morning show had been played uh, by Carton because they'd all written letters in support of Carton to try to lessen the amount of prison time he would have. And then he went on the rival station. Uh, you know, I think part of it is Mike could have had that interview. And, um, you know, it did cause a buzz. Uh, if you look at Mike's show, he hasn't really caused much of a buzz besides what you get from, you know, back after this on Twitter with, uh, you know, the things that he says that are incorrect and, you know, then denies it and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so you mean, show, you mean, you mean those doctored Kate, videos? Yeah. The doctors, yeah. yeah the doctored videos. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> K show has, uh, you know, they've, whatever you think has, has had Jim Dolan, uh, had Carton and had Lenny Dykstra. And those have been, if you look at radio, those have been the big three interviews, of the you know last you know few months probably you know in this calendar year for sure and so uh it says, you know, a, it says a lot didn't want carton it, on, on and then maybe that's true but uh i, I think he might have regretted it, the decision he'll deny that of it, course it, uh, but it says a lot about how horrible we are as a society when the three biggest interviews are jim dolan len dykstra and craig carton my god i mean that is <laughs> as depressing a statement as i've ever heard in my life I mean, you're talking I about think, again. That's a little bit, a little hyperbolic. I don't think it's I mean, that bad. Lenny Dykstra. Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't even want to get into it. But yeah, but, Jim, uh, but you know what the thing is though? What is sports radio? It's a spectacle. That's what sports. That's why Mike's successful. You know, to this day, it's a spectacle. It's a, it's a release from your normal day, and you want to listen, turn on the radio Dolan, and find out about something that's not as I'll just say you this. Know, Can difficult I, as your life. Dolan is a legit interview. Obviously, he's a horrible okay. guy, but legit interview. I think the Carton one is debatable. I'll ask you about it next. I mean, to put Lenny Dykstra on, you're just, I mean, degrading yourself at this point. I mean, this is a, a really bad dude, but whatever. Uh, forget that. If you were Mike, would you have interviewed Carton? If I were Mike? Yeah, he turned, I mean, he turned I mean, down the Mike's interview. personality or on me? Like, it depends on your personality. Do you think, if, uh, if it's me, do you think, like, to me, look, I, I know what you, I think, either tweeted or you, uh, um, had your column about in terms of uh, that you know you wouldn't do the interview. Well, You're no, crazy. It's a, but it's a de- no, no. It's a legit interview. It's a good interview. She might have done it. I mean, there's history there. Wait, and you know, about- he's very insulting, and they they didn't like each other. And Craig made things up about people, and so I can understand someone not wanting to put that. Now, in terms of radio, Wait, though, you have to let me. He, you have to let me fire yeah. back because you said something that's totally wrong. Yeah, there's a big difference between me doing a podcast on SI. And Mike Frances and Michael K doing radio in New York. Me as a podcast host for Sports Illustrated, I don't. I have zero interest in ever interviewing Craig Carton. And I have. And if they came to me, I would say no. And if that that's me doing a podcast for SI. Now, if you're on radio in New York, that's a whole different story. And if you are a radio host in New York, you probably should do the interview. But even if you do it, in my opinion. Because I, if I, if I was a host at FAN or or ESPN Radio, yeah, I would do it. But I'd need a shower after, and I'd feel dirty. That's just me. I'm not saying everyone else should feel yeah. that way. Now, but my why would you? But why? I don't understand. Because he, okay, because Craig Carton has said 
I'll just let me spin it this way. My answer. I have a massive amount of respect for Mike saying no to that interview because Craig Carton has shit on Mike for years on a daily basis. Yeah. And then you're going to put him on your show. You have to have a little self-respect. Yeah, no, I think I think you could look at it that way. Right. Yeah, so, uh, and then but you add in. Legit, but, I thought we're talking about if it's a legit interview. It's a legit interview. Is it a legit interview? Yeah, it's a legit yeah. interview. Well, because- no, well, it depends because I, I didn't see it or hear it. I I saw some tweets about it. I mean, he, from what I can read, and I should look at it to make my own judgment. It does sound like it was more of a. Uh, uh, I, di- I didn't see any tweets saying he seemed contrite. He seemed like he was a different guy. The tweets I saw were, you know, he was still taking shots and still, you know, I mean, the story, it's listen, the story itself is bizarre because he gets arrested, denies this whole ticket scam, <laughs> but that ended up being true. Then he's blaming it because he was sexually abused. But then he says he has a gambling problem. I mean, it's a crazy story that has, you know, that changed a lot. And I just think, if you're a New York radio host, yeah, you should put him on because everyone in New York will listen. But I, I think I think between what has happened with him in this whole s- scandal and then you add in the fact that he has ripped Mike or N has ripped 98.7 ESPN on a I mean, not here and there on a constant, constant yep. basis. Me personally, I would say no, thank you. That's me. OK, I mean. I guess I I don't hey, look. It's a legit interview. I mean, do you feel? Look, do I think? Uh, I thought that interview was better than the Dolan interview for the, the K show because, um, and it's also because Carton's very good on radio. I mean, he's dirty and I'll say anything. And it's on you know besides the fact that he's a felon now is that he would uh, you know he would say anything about anybody and he didn't care if it were true or not. Which is just well, that's disgusting. why I wouldn't put him on. That's why I wouldn't put him on. That's exactly why I would not want to interview Dolan is, yeah, Dolan is I mean, legit. Look, Dolan owns I'm two teams saying, in like, New York. You have to put him on. Say it again. Dolan owns two teams in New York. You have to put him on. It's not. That's not even an issue. Dolan. Yep. Yeah, you don't have to put Craig Carton on, but he's a major sports figure in over the last decade since he right. and Boomer replaced Imus, and so he's going to prison. He wants to go on the air, and you know his motivations. I don't really under personally. I don't know if that was the best move uh, to go on the air at that point, but but. Um, but if he does want to go on the air and wants to tell his story, it's compelling radio, which you're trying to do. And I know that some people, well, it's terrible. He's going to prison. Yeah, that's true. And if you want to try to be um, and say, like, well, are you doing any public good? As if that's really the goal of sports radio, which I, I don't believe is necessarily. Right, right. I mean, I, it's entertainment. But if you say, well, he had a gambling problem. And in theory, I'm not sure if we heard this, but in theory, when he went on the show, he could have been a message for others, you know, what don't follow his path. Now, I would agree that having listened to it, he didn't sound as contrite as you think maybe he might have considering he's going to prison for three years. That's all Pollyanna stuff anyway. No one listening to Craig Carton doing an interview on the radio is going to stop gambling if they have a gambling problem. I mean, that's that's so unrealistic. It's ridiculous. There was no good. that He was not going to serve any good or give out a message. He's a talk sports talk radio host who went on a show to do an interview no one no one who's a degenerate gamble is going to say oh let me not bet the yankees minus 220 tonight because craig carton told me it has this Dude, problem. somebody doesn't get involved because i'm the, not saying that i mean the guy the gambling saying, because if the, you're trying to make it right. more than than just uh it's compelling radio then that's your argument i'm right. not saying that you don't have them on because your job is to make compelling radio and yes this guy is uh committed a crime and he's going to jail but it's a very interesting story that most people um, would want to have, and you know, he did right. a big piece with the New Yorker, and you know, they told his story as well. So, I, I don't really have a problem with uh, that's fine with them putting him on. I can understand why Francesca would not, you know, would choose not to. I can I can understand uh, the reasoning that you made. Okay, good discussion, good debate. I enjoyed it. Last one before we go. Um, Funhouse. I wrote this in my column again on Tuesday. I think we may have even touched on this before. It, it, I am surprised more, you know, the Raceman's the best. I think you've done it. It's a fascinating, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating media story in that FAN could get it shut down in 30 seconds because of copyright issues. They don't. And 
that shows, I think, a little bit of desperation. Now, the flip side, too, is if they did get it shut down, Twitter would revolt. So FAN is in a tough spot. Have you ever heard anything, you know, behind the scenes, off, the, you know, in your in your reporting? Has FAN ever talked about whether they should get it shut down? Do they consciously well, they did shut it down at one point? It was a kind of mistake. But they that did that before the they app. Rectified. I think they did that before the app. Now the app has the video, and mm-hmm. the video makes everything so much worse. Yeah, I, I mean, so yeah, I'm sure. I don't know firsthand that they've discussed it, but I would assume that they have. And I think they feel like it's better for business that Mike's in the social realm and it's something and, you couldn't do in-house because he's goofing on them. Right. Uh, and so they're just not going to – they're not going to produce that, you know, from um, – you know, Tom Izzo runs their digital. is not going to – they're not going to produce that in-house. Right. Um, and, that's, so, and, and that's the fascinating angle of it. They have decided to let it go because they want the publicity, but the publicity is Mike's – Bad predictions, Mike's half truths, and that's being generous. Mike being yeah. nasty to callers. It's fascinating that they'd rather have that out there on a daily basis. I mean, even the, I mean, forget all the all the prediction stuff and all that. Everyone makes bad sports predictions. I'm not, you know, obviously Mike goes to a, another degree with it. But how about the thing last night? I put it in the column where Mike says the Tiger Woods' caddy is not allowed to do interviews. And then he's on Michael K's show and Chris Russo's show. I mean, that's the stuff where if I'm FAN, I can't believe they don't, I, I, they, I, I, well, that's the stuff that I can't get over. Yeah, I find that stuff kind of sad, quite honestly. Right. I mean, like, it's like not, I don't know. I don't really, it's like, I, I'm not, it's not back after this. It's not his fault. I think he does a very good job. And he's just, it's, it's interesting. Um, and he is a fascinating story. He, he's, anonymous and does not want to speak. I mean, I've quoted him, um, you know, once before, uh, in a story, uh, when I think they, when they shut it down and then they put it back up. Um, the, but, but so he's a, he's an interesting story. If you ever were to speak, I know you tried to reach out and get him on the podcast. Um, and he doesn't want to do any of that stuff. Uh, so, which is, which is fine. But I, but I think, uh, yeah, in well, terms I, of FAN, it's good publicity. Now, sometimes the clips aren't all, they're not all negative. It's sometimes Mike going off on somebody that he right, finds right. that's a positive. Yeah. But, but yeah, for the most the part, overall. it's Tiger Woods, Zilch, in terms of his chances at the Masters, Virginia has no chance to win the championship. It's embarrassing stuff. And I think, yeah, they think it's a net positive, I would assume. Or, yeah, they could get it shut down and Twitter would revolt. I do think a lot of people do... They don't listen to the show anymore, and they just check out Funhouse, well, and this is, and they say it's uh, it's you know gold, which people love. People love right, Twitter. of course. And this is the ultimate problem with Mike. The problem with Mike is not that he says Virginia's not going to win the title; is that Mike then says, "I never said it," and the video's doctored. That's what the problem is. The other thing about Funhouse, which is interesting, is yes, I I did reach out. I wanted him to come on the podcast this week. He said no, um, but he wants the account to get shut down, which makes this whole yeah, thing that, even that, more that, bizarre. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's that is the thing. He said he hates the show, right. but he just so many people get so much joy out of it. He continues to do it, and he wants so to get shut like, down. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's if crazy. I were him, I think I'd just be like, "All right, I'm good." Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't. Does he really need to do that? I think I don't know. That's I, I why believe, I wanted to have him on the podcast. Sure. He's a full time job. Yeah. Well, that's why I invited him on. All right. Last question, and then we're going. Um, does Mike? Stop the app, quit FAN, keep both, do both. What's the prediction? Now, this is always like when I cover the Yankees. Who's going to win this playoff right. series? I, 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 I'd like to tell you, if I, I guess you're asking me to predict. Um, and so I would say that most likely he stays doing this. Like We're talking the next year, right? I'm not, we're not going to yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. For the next year, does the show, the app somehow transforms into somewhat – like you know, part of FAN or some sort of different element to how they present the app would be my um, uh, prediction if I if I were to make one. But um, but to be clear, I'm not reporting anything huh. on that. I'm okay. just saying if I were to predict, I would say it's more like I mean maybe add some sort of sidekick, maybe JJ's in there, maybe Minko sits in for a little bit, other people. For hours, you know, at, at some of it. The problem is he works from home a lot, so that's awkward for the video right. on the app, uh, where you have one guy, you know, supposed to be in the home studio, and and then you have the other guy who's at FAN. So that's 
that's something they'd have to work out. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think he's just going to walk away because he did that once. He found though he lies about it, there wasn't really much out there for him in terms of the magnitude that FAN can uh, can provide him. And so I think he knows better that if he does that, that's it. That there's not something else out there. He does the app, and he's pretty much irrelevant. Uh, you know, if he's doing that, and so um, I, I think I don't think he'll walk away easily. All right, good answer. Uh, thanks for the spirited debate. I enjoyed it as always. Thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate it. We'll have you on soon again. Take care. All right, you too. All right. All right, my thanks to Ben Strauss of the Washington Post, Andrew Marshan of the New York Post. I think the New Yorkers out there will enjoy the spirited debate. Enjoy, had did enjoy the spirited debate between me and Andrew. Make sure you uh, subscribe, rate, and review the SI Media Podcast. It's very important. Check out the archives. A lot of good interviews in there. Check out Chris Long on SI.com with his Game of Thrones review. That's important. And uh, again, let me reiterate, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week right here on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.